0: What up, this B-Boy Rich. I'm DJ Butter, y'all. And it's Funky Fresh in the Flesh podcast. Yes, and today man. we got a special, legendary guest with us in the house. DJ, DJ Lowe's, the one yeah. and only yeah. y'all Detroit legend.
1: Yeah, Lowe's, um, you being one of the first to put an album up in Detroit hip-hop. Um, talk about what that was like and um, how it was easy
2: to be. With your your partner was part of the project mm-hmm. as well. Um, It was experimental. You know, we didn't. You know, I didn't set out to do hip hop in the beginning. You know, I was uh, really good at drawing and and art, and uh, but I used to travel to the studio with my my dad a lot. You know what I'm saying? He he worked with Parliament Funkadelic. He was the percussionist, so um, I I lived in the studio as a kid. So I was always around it and always around musicians and stuff like that. And um, when hip hop came out. You know, I, being a uh, a young teenager, I took a liking to it, and my dad saw that, and so he teamed me up with Easy B, cause I didn't know Easy B. Wow. wow. You know, and you know, I don't know if y'all remember, it was a store at Northland Mall here in Detroit, and they used to have, you could go in, and if you took your demo tape in there, you, uh, they would create a like a video for you. If you brought the audio, they would shoot, shoot you with the camera, and you can make a video along with your music, where you on there, you know, like a music video. Right. So uh, we went to New, uh, Northland, and um, that's where we found EZB. And my dad had already been watching them, and he met them up there, and brought me with him, and that's where we connected. And so um, that that was my start.
0: So was you was you producing or something? You had learned how to produce at this time?
2: Well, no, prior to that, what it was, I, I missed a step. My dad had caught me trying to DJ. Okay. With one of my grandmother's little portable turntables she had. She had it stored in right. the right. attic.
0: Yeah. And
2: I had saw Jam Master J, you know, and Crush Groove and you know, and you know, I knew what scratching was. I was a big fan of run D M C back then.
0: Right.
2: So I'm like I want to emulate what Jam Master J is doing. Wow. So I was like, Grandma, can I use your portable turntable? Right. They're, they're sitting, collecting dust in the attic. Right. And my dad caught me doing it. You know what I'm saying? And he said, uh, Don't you need some real equipment, man? Wow.
0: You know what I'm saying? I was yeah. like,
2: I said, I don't got no money for that. You know what I'm right. saying? I <laughs> said, I'm going to take you to Wonderland music. So he took me to Wonderland uh, on Michigan Avenue in Dearborn and uh, introduced me to uh, Crazy Clearance up there. And mm-hmm. they, he bought me my first Technique 1200 turntable and a new Mark mixer and a PV amp so that I could plug it in and hear, hear my music through it. Wow. And he told awesome. me, if you practice, I'll get you the other turntable later, but I want to see if you're serious with this, because he'll spend wow, right. about $1,500 on me that day. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Right. So my dad, you know, he, he nurtured it, you know what I'm saying? And so like a few weeks or after that he saw that I was st- really trying to do that he said you know what I'm gonna start a record label and the first artist I'm gonna put on it is my son wow and so yeah. that's how that world War one records got formed and he, he you know because he was touring with uh RJ's latest arrival back then
0: yeah
2: shackles on my feet and all of that yeah so he knew what hip hop was about. He's, you know, Run DMC used to open up for them and stuff. You know, he they was laughing at hip hop. They like these
0: guys ain't no, ain't no real musicians. Right. You know, what I'm saying yeah. this, is
2: a, we don't know if this gonna last. But you know, they they out there. They got a DJ and they rapping on the microphone. Right. This ain't real music. You know, that's how he was looking at it. But then he saw that it started becoming lucrative. Right. And he was like, "You know what? I better get in this, so I can right. get some money out of this too. So I'm gonna put a record out <laughs> on my son. You know right. what I'm mean? saying? So that's how I got in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what? What year was this? This was '87 when we started when we recorded okay. the album Untouchable. So and the, it was released in '88.
0: Okay. Wow. Damn, that's some history. '88. So yeah. So
1: how how do I feel the influence, like um, you know, hip hop at the beginning, like? Us being DJs, me and DJ King David mm-hmm. in the house right now. Oh, bro. Yeah. <laughs> so, just you know to what? see you on a on a freeway. I don't
2: mm-hmm. even think it was a freeway, was it? It was a freeway. It was, but <laughs> it's not a freeway <laughs> that people might think it is. Yeah. You know, it was before Photoshop was out, what we did was take a picture on the Northwestern Highway near uh Evergreen and Lasher. Mm last you know I mean? loss <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know Detroit way right. um, so we took that picture we we, we couldn't get the uh, the uh, permission to go down there and shoot the picture because we wanted to do it on the freeway but the uh, city of Southfield wouldn't give us the permission so we had to sneak uh, we, we took these big speakers that we got from the crazy clearance right. in the deer, uh right. Wonderland and we had the Pathfinders we, we we mapped it out. Wow. We're going to hurry up and go down there and take the pictures. We're going to go to the jewelry store, get the jewelry that we want to wear. We're going to do all of this. You know what I'm saying? So we did. We got that. We went to Crazy Clans, got the speakers, and then we got the trucks. I couldn't even drive yet. You know, right. I'm like 14, 15, 15 years old, man. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I couldn't right. even drive. But we knew what the look we wanted to look, uh, look like. My dad designed that. My dad and my uh, Uncle Gene David, they designed, they wanted us to have the look of Killers, wow. You know what wow. I'm saying? Yeah. And like, and like, look, we gonna dress y'all up, right? Like Butch Jones and YBI. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Because even if y'all come out and they don't buy our record because they like the music, they gonna right. like the way this album cover look. Mm. Right. You know what I'm saying? It was all marketing. Mm. You know, my dad, he been in the business, so right. you know, wow. he he just. Apply what he knew with Parker yeah. and Funkadelic and all. Y'all look like,
1: like the richest <laughs> dudes ever. Yeah, on
0: cause we yeah. was like, I was always questioning, like, was this like some movie magic or something? Yeah, no, we nah. was on the freeway for real.
2: Yeah, no, we was on the freeway. But right. We weren't downtown. Yeah. So we had the photographer go down town and shoot the Renaissance Center like early in the morning, at, where the lighting was right, right. and proper. You know, you y'all know the right. techniques. Yeah. They took a picture of the Renaissance and then they superimposed it. well actually, they cut the picture out, had the artwork artist put the picture of the Renaissance behind us right and it looks like we're coming from downtown Detroit on a right. freeway, but there is no freeway that leads straight into the Renaissance yeah so, wow. so yeah, I tell so people that and they be like, "dang, you' right i I thought y'all was downtown <laughs> like. You know, this is way before Photoshop. You yeah, know what
0: and way before on the Lodge with it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, <I> <laughs> the original on <laughs> yep, the Lodge exactly. with it. Exactly. <laughs> you look
2: at it like that. You're right. Yeah,
1: that's uh, funny. A lot, of, a lot of people don't know what your your right partner, EZB, was locked up for. Okay. Um, What was what, what he locked up for? He,
2: he got a triple murder case. Okay. But uh, he was innocent in the situation. Um, To my understanding, he was there. And... um. He t- basically took the rap for somebody. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like the prosecutors told him, they knew that it wasn't possible that he committed these murders. Wow. But he was going down if he wasn't gonna say nothing, mm. and he just he kept his mouth shut and he been in there ever since, man. He went he went free to jail like, yeah, for easy week. but wow. uh, I think he went in in uh, 1990. I had like a two-year run or something like that basically yeah oh. Yeah. You know, you know, we never got a chance to do a second album oh. you know, the second time around was gonna be big for us It was gonna be better you know billy sparks uh prince's manager at the time he was gonna be our manager wow and uh he was planning to put us you know on tour and you know setting up talks with my dad and, and everything for us to go on tour and we probably would have been out of here the second time around what, uh, Billy Sparks is the cat from Purple Rain. Purple yeah, Rain. You got the, the glasses. Tiger. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's dope.
0: Yeah, that so let me ask you, so like starting out DJing, you mentioned Jam Master Jake. Mm-hmm. Who else was your influences for DJing? Sure,
2: Jazzy Jeff, you know what I'm saying? Okay. DJ Man. Uh, let me see. Uh, Richie Rich. Okay. And there's a bunch of them, you know what I'm saying? then, you know, like DJ Scratch, when when he got with EPMD because he's not the original DJ. Right. DJ Diamond uh, is the original right. DJ. That's my homie. Shout out to J- DJ Diamond. I was just with him the other day. And then they had uh, Kayla Boss after that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, DJ Scratch, that's 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 my hero right now. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Him and Jazzy Jeff are my two favorite right. DJs.
0: So they influenced okay. me a lot. Anybody from Detroit?
2: Oh, definitely. Dude, I mean, radio personalities-wise, right. Mojo, and you know what I'm saying? Uh, Jeff Mills, yeah, you know, the wizard, yeah. come on now, oh, yeah. you know what wizard. I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, DJ Maestro, that was signed yeah. to my dad's label. That was my big brother, you know, or still is. He yeah. is my big brother. He just don't do music like that no more. But yeah, he, him, uh fingers, Zap, okay, Gary Chandler, right? You know what I'm saying? All of them guys. You know, right. DJ Babe. There's a bunch of people that yeah. I give props to. Yeah. Shotgun, DJ Leon Swine. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I'm part of the Tech 12 Tech Mods. Yeah. So all of them. DJ yeah, Dez, yeah. Daddy Riff. Shout out to Dez. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I'm, everybody. I'm I'm a fan of all mm-hmm. of the DJs that got a name from here. DJ so, Butter. Right. <laughs> King David. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> when
0: you first started out, were you trying to do, like, all the tricks? Or were you just, like, trying to... Just get the basics down or you just jump right into it like
2: i was more so on the scratching okay tip. like i can beat juggle and i can do it uh minimally right I, you know i back in the day i remember juggling with records and stuff like that like yeah, i don't know if i can do it that well anymore okay but yeah we used to i used to be around all the people who who were turntablers right so i had to hold my own Right. A, little, a little bit just yeah. to stay in with them, where they right. wouldn't count me out and say, Oh, Los, you can't do nothing. You right. know what I'm saying? So I can do a little bit of uh, turntablism when it comes right. to that. But scratching is my main forte. Okay. And, you know, to this day, you know, I think I inherited my dad's talent and his rhythm. Right. You know, because okay. he's a percussionist. People hire me to do scratches on their projects a lot. Right. That's
0: uh, dope. That's yeah,
2: speak, dope. Speaking of your dad... Um, a
1: lot of people, you know, don't know that your father helped Death Row records in, mm-hmm. in a major way. Talk
2: about oh. growing up under that umbrella, you know. Okay. Yeah, um, my, my dad, is uh he was the percussionist for uh Death Row. He played on all of your favorite songs from Death Row, pretty much. You know what I'm saying? All the artists' albums like Tupac, Dog Pound, Rage, Badass, uh, shoot, I'm forget Snoop. You know, right, right. He came to Death Row right after the Chronic, so he doesn't play on the Chronic album, but everything else after that, Murder Was the Case, he's all over that. You know, what I'm saying Natural Born Killers. You know, my dad's got singing parts on stuff
0: uh, wow. like like. Uh, hold on one pause. Are you picking all of that? Yeah,
1: yeah back to your dad. Um, mm-hmm. just just you being a. A child of death row you know what was that
2: like you know oh yeah man um that was fun you know Mm -hmm. that was a a highlight of my dad's career you know he my dad he plays with the four tops right now so he's been with major uh artists my whole life that i've known you know boosies boosie collins and and people like that and like i said george clinton but when he got with death row that was exciting for me because that's hip-hop you know what i had so I would, man, I, I would get all of that wow. music early, you know, before everybody else, <laughs> wow. you know what I'm saying? Everything right. you bought, after the Chronic, I so had I it like, like months early, before, yeah. it came <laughs> wow. and um, I knew not to give no copies yeah. out because yeah. I ain't trying to get my dad in trouble with shooting like, yeah. you right. know what i <laughs> so, so, um, but yeah, that was an exciting time, man. You know, my dad is all in the videos. You know, like I showed somebody that, that the other day, if you look at uh, Nate Dogg's One More Day, when it comes on, my dad does the narration on the song. That's his voice. Oh, wow. So in the video, it's my dad. When you, If you go watch the video, my dad is the one talking. Wow. You know what I'm saying? And uh, and Juice, you know. So I used to go out there every year and hang around Dr. Dre, and you know, Snoop and, you know, Daz and Corrupt and all of them. So it, like I said, it, it was exciting because them guys, you know, they legends. Super they legends. Nice, right. You know? rbx mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying Nate uh, uh, the Nate dog too um warren g warren g hung around him a lot you met pop i didn't get to meet pop oh he's the only God. one that i get didn't get to meet cuz he i think he was he had passed like the year that he, the years that he was with defro was it was a short period of time it wasn't it wasn't a long period of time right. I was with them and during that period of time i don't think i got out there to meat pot, and then he ended up going to jail and stuff like that. You know, I missed all of that. That uh, well, he didn't go to jail when he, when he was on death row. He went to jail uh-huh. before. Yeah, right. they got him out. Yeah, but no, I missed that. But my dad used to work with with Park every day,
1: right. so I know you, all the stuff Got some tracks on the Butter soundtrack. Yeah. Talk
2: yeah. about that. Man. Yeah, um, it's a guy from uh from Detroit named Makantu. Uh, that calls himself Lord G. Okay, and Lord G right. picked one of my tracks. Out of about thirty tracks, he just so happened to pick it, and um, it became a song on the the, the, well, the room soundtrack Room called "Gotta Get My Money Right." Wow! Wow! Yeah, I'll check I know that. that. Yeah, out. yeah y'all go
0: check that out. Yeah. So talking about Death Row, everybody talk about Suge, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what was your interaction with Suge, and like, is the 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 stories we hear? Mm-hmm. Have you witnessed some of that, or what? Was not no like? bad stuff. No, okay. not with
2: Suge. When I hung around Shug, it was all good, you right. know? And I know that because he had a lot of respect for my dad, you right. see what I'm saying? So right. it was a different environment for me. When I go out there, they looked at me like, you know, that's that's the OG son, you know right. what I'm saying? So, okay. you know, they, they respect him, so they know not to do nothing to me or whatever. Right. Um. Should, the first time I met Shug was at his villa. Uh, went out there and uh, we went and we watched uh, The Gladiator together. I said, This is crazy. I'm sitting in the room right. with Chug Knight watching the movie The Why? Gladiator. You know what Why? I'm saying? So um, um, that was the first time I met him. But the second time I went back out there to, to meet him, I was on a mission. I said, This time he going to listen to some of my music. You right. know what I'm saying? I, wanna, I need him because he already knew I made the beat for the above the rim soundtrack. Right. I said, But I want to make some more music with
0: him. Right.
2: So. This was after Dre had left when I went out there. I get to the studio with my dad. My dad said, "I don't know where Sug is, Lois, I gotta mix this, uh, this uh, Chronic 2001 album. Yeah. I think it was this one. You know, after Dre left, like I yeah.
0: said,
2: he said I gotta mix this. You know, so we don't know if Suge gonna show up or not. Whatever, you know, you can chill on the couch. We, you know, you know the routine, Lois. I said, okay. I fall asleep on the couch. I wake up." And Suge oh like standing over me. Right. <laughs> and I know he don't remember my face from the last time when I met him. Right. He looking at me like almost with a frown. I said, Oh, what's up? What's up, Suge? I said, I said, I'm Butch's son. And he right. gave, gave him a pound of water. He's like, Oh, okay, I ain't know who you was. You right. know, laying on the couch, you know, I ain't I ain't mean to disturb you. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you apologetic. Right. I said, No, nah, I can't even see you. I said, I I've been waiting for you. That's right. why I'm up here. And he was like, it threw him off. Right. Oh. Oh. oh all right. Oh. Okay. I said, I want you to listen to my music.
0: Right. All right. You uh.
2: You 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 like basketball? I said. Hey, <laughs> I ain't into sports like. Right. That, you know what I'm saying? I said, yeah, I watch basketball. Yeah, I'm into it. Yeah. Right. We gonna go to the Lakers game tomorrow. You cool with that? Bet. Yeah. Wow. Took me to the Lakers game. We kicked it. It was him, his daddy. Uh, corrupt. Because corrupt, that's my homie. Shout out to Gotti, that's my homie. Corrupt, Um, I'm closer to him than anybody in Death Row. Okay, you know, Um, so yeah, that was my interaction with him. And you know, I never really, I never got no more music on Death Row, but he treated me fine. You know, I know a lot of the stories that people say about him. Um, Some of that stuff is true, but some of it is exaggerated. Right. Um, The stories about him beating up the engineer because he ain't rewind the payback that that wasn't him that was Tupac did that right
0: you know what I'm saying
2: so I I know a lot of the inside stuff because my dad was there
1: right okay you talk talk about your resume I've been to your your studio you got plaques on the wall talk Mm -hmm. about people you work with
2: you know well I only got one plaque and that's that above the rim song but I got a lot of my dad's plaques (laughs) (laughs) my dad he he worked you know he owned uh What's that? Uh, West Side Connection Right, yeah. You know what I'm saying? He gave me that plaque. He gave me the uh, Aftermath plaque to been there, done that, because he playing on there. Uh, but he got tons of plaques. But those are Wait, the two.
0: so hold on. I just got to go back. So your dad was working um, with Death Row, but mm-hmm. he still worked with Dre? He kept that relationship? No. Okay.
2: But he was with Death Row when they were all together first. Okay. All and right. then when Dre left, right, he went with Dre.
0: Okay, all and right. And
2: then when that relationship went sour right. between my dad and and Dr. Dre, my dad went back to Shug. Okay, all right. Yeah. that makes
0: sense.
2: So yeah, but they they all cool now. He about my dad is actually gonna drive out there to see Dre and them probably next week. So he may Sweet. be working with them again.
0: It's it's a lot of for some reason it seems right. like I keep hearing these death row stories with Dre Shug. Tying into Detroit somehow. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. just, like, Snoop history here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, your used, to here. Yeah. Yep. he yeah. used
2: to live here. Yep, he used to live here. His dad was a mailman. Right. Here. Yep. Yeah, that's yep. big. Yeah, T-Money Green. Yeah. Shout out to T-Money Green. Indo-smoke. He was responsible for my track getting on the Above the Room soundtrack. Wow. Partially. He was the one who took my cassette tape. Because he came in town. Right. T-Money Green is the uh, bass player that played on Indo Smoke.
0: yeah. You know yeah. what
2: i'm saying and he also used to play with the dramatics with my dad yeah. and and people back in the day and george clinton right you know what i'm saying so that's how they they know each other because uh t-money green was out in cali right. first right. before my dad went out there
0: okay
2: yeah right. they, they had him and dr dre had a discussion about the percussion on the parliament records right and um that's when t-money green was like oh i know the guy you know right. what i'm saying right. I know right. that. that's my brother that's Butch." But you Small. Know, wow. So they called back here, it's right. Detroit. And, um, you know, uh, Tony put Dre on the phone to talk to my dad. Right. And my dad drove out there, and then the rest is history.
0: Wow. Yeah. That's cool. Yep. So um, what about, like, the new technology, the new DJs, up-and-coming DJs? Mm-hmm. Like, you mentioned your dad brought you the techniques, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about the new technology that the... Younger generation of DJs. Oh, DJs. I'm, I'm
2: down with it. I, okay. But I had to wait until they had something that had all of the features on it that I wanted. Right. Like, like, a lot of people are using controllers now. Okay. And I just bought a Pioneer okay. controller, but it's got spinning uh, turntables on it. Right. You know what I'm saying? All of them don't have the platters that turn. Right. So, you know, the new technology is... Uh, you just got to know what it is you're trying to get. And oh, I needed right. something that I'll, I will be able to scratch the same way I can scratch on, on turntable. Oh, real. Yeah. Okay. You know right. yeah. I need them to w- turn around. I don't need them to sit still. You know yeah. What
0: I'm saying? Is, is it something visually you see when it's spinning? Yeah. Yeah. It's okay.
2: Just, it's just, it, then it's the feel. You know what, yeah. what I'm saying? Everybody's coordination is different. Right. You know right. what I'm saying?
0: Do you still scratch on vinyl? Yeah. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I ain't never getting rid
2: of that I got it. <laughs> I got oh, 7, 1,200 turntables. Wow. So, I love my 12s. Right. You know what I'm saying? But, I, you know, I had to update.
0: Right, right. You know,
2: getting older, you don't want to carry well, on the equipment price. all the time. What, yeah. uh,
1: what, you, what you got coming up? I, I know you're on a Shay Noah doing cuts for her. Mm-hmm. Right?
2: Um, yeah, you know, I, I work with Shay, Shay Noor. I got a project called The Milestone I'm working on. I'm trying to get that out. You know, I just turned 50 this year, so mm-hmm. trying nice to get class, that done. Man. You know, I uh, got it. Uh, I'm working real heavy with Raz wow. Okay. You know, me and Raz got a lot of stuff together. He got me, I did production on a song for him along with Havoc from Mob Deep. I did the drums and Hav did. He cut the sample up. So that's, that's exciting for me. Rakim has 10 of my tracks and I'm waiting to hear if he's going to use them or not. You got him on the back burner. They sent me a text message saying that they, they're interested in using him for his next project. Okay. So you know how that goes in the music. Yeah, I'm excited, but you know. <laughs> so I got that going on. Um, I DJ for Slum Village. I DJ for Royster 5-9. Um, all the old school cats from here are, Uh, awesome Dre. I DJ for him. I got a show coming up with him and Isham Stretch Money. Oh, that's uh, dope. That's in a couple of weeks, on the 19th. Right. Harpoils, right? Yep, yep. Yeah. Legendary Harpoils on the east side of Detroit.
0: I seen you DJ'ing. Last time I seen you DJ'ing, was for Miss Corona. the, yeah, the Quinter Cut. Yeah. Yep, my She sister. had the live band. Yep. I was like, she got lotus yep. and the live band. Yep. going Yeah, be I can't that.
2: forget my sister. I DJ for her,
1: too. Yeah. You know what i mean? That's my yeah, sister. To, to To beat it from the beginning of uh, Detroit hip-hop, what, what kind of um, message you got for the community just on, on about unity just to being in the business for so long mm-hmm. just the unity you got with your father and mm-hmm. you know how the loyalty y'all got just even with him and death row mm-hmm. to still be working together you know mm-hmm. to this day just to I mean you yeah. don't see that a lot in life where you got the, the pops and the love y'all
2: got yeah and saying? so that's that's kind of my cheat code, you know what I'm saying? Like my dad, like a lot of people, man, like, I commend everybody that's from here that did it on their own, you know what I'm saying? Like I had a crutch that my dad was in the business. He bought me equipment. I didn't have to hustle to go get no equipment. So I look at everybody that do that, and I admire that, you know what I'm saying? Like that's a quality that people have that I never had to try to execute, you know what I'm saying? So um, I, I tell people, Keep doing what you're doing, man. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, like, like Dez, I always bring up Dez. I give him his props, man. Dez didn't really have a lot of the upper scale equipment, mm. but he was still making music. We right. Right. had two tape decks making yeah. beats on yeah. the drum machines. Yeah. I had drum machines. Right. I had my dad's, dad's drum machine, so I can go experiment, play, make beats, and learn how to make beats on real equipment, right? As opposed to Dez. Getting it from the mud. bottom, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, from the mud, and 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 really making some stuff. And you're like, man, how are you doing that? Right. You know what exactly. I'm saying? That's clever. Dave, you being a DJ, what you got? To, what you got to ask Um. Uh, was there a time that you felt like Detroit DJs were not getting recognition from the rest of the country? Was there a time when when what? you felt like Detroit DJs wasn't getting recognition from the rest of the country. D, uh, Detroit as a whole ain't never got the proper recognition that it should, right. you know what I'm saying, in all aspects, not just DJing, you know, the MCs, you know, just like I was just talking to my sister, Miss Corona, you know what I'm saying, they just put out a list with female MCs on it, and they got a couple of people from Detroit, you know, shout out to Cash Dow and Shay mm-hmm. Shay Noor,
0: right.
2: uh, and, um... You know, Mahogany Jones or some people like that. But I'm like, how can they overlook Boss? Right. right. How can right. they overlook Miss Corona? So, boss. Yeah, Corona. You know what I'm saying? I, yeah. You know, so, and they don't do that with everybody else around the world. So the DJs, it's the same thing, man. They, right. they don't get, we don't get the recognition around the country like that. You know, we, we get recognition amongst the, uh, uh, each other and ourselves. You know what I'm saying? You you form an alliance with with certain DJs like Jazzy Jeff and um, you know DJ Diamond for EPMD and people like that. They they embrace you KG. You know what I'm saying from Naughty by Nature. They embrace you on a personal level, but when it comes to the media, they don't they don't they don't say shout out to the guy in Detroit. You know what I'm saying, King David, yeah. DJ Butter. Right. You know what I'm saying. They don't do that. You know because I watch it so. Yeah, it's good good to see you do the lives on Facebook with A.R.E.S. mixes and Cast birthday tributes. Yeah, Yeah, everybody, I try to do everybody I can, you know what I'm saying? I try to um, give them a a spotlight, you know, you know, Raz. he already, he he pretty much had his time, you know what I'm saying? But I'm saying locally, right. um, I try to do yeah. the, you know, the tie Ferris. Because you put and, me up on stuff. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. You support, man. I was yeah. seeing you all the time. <laughs> I go live, i like, DJ Buddy. And I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. I,
0: I got a quick question, though. Just going back to, like, the whole music industry and your experience mm-hmm. and what your father know and what you know. Is there something you think Detroit artists were missing? Like, back in the day, we're talking early 90s. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of groups out that was kind of like right on the verge, like you yeah. said, y'all were. What do you think was the missing piece?
2: I think a lot of it was finance. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I think we didn't have the budget to compete with the majors. You know what I'm saying? you got to think they had Def Jam records out. And right. You know what I'm saying? A lot of these these uh record labels were um, backed by Jewish Uh, owners. You know what I'm saying? And they had that money behind them. So they can go and uh, utilize payola with the DJs at the radio station. They can pay those DJs to play those records, even though we might not have thought they was hot. But they can get that airplay like that. So that was probably something that the independents couldn't, uh, you know, like they couldn't surpass that that, that monster like that. but and there's some of the our talent like we we needed to develop a little bit more. I think that sometimes uh, the music that we were putting out was kind of trivial and it was we didn't take our time with it sometimes. You know right. what I'm saying? But it it was we had hit records though. Right. So you right. can't I can't totally say that, but the quality of the records didn't measure up sometime to the depth channel jam sound. We didn't have the money. Like the,
0: the quality. Yeah. Quality Like the... The mixes. The, the song was a good song, concept, yeah. artist, lyrics and everything, but the quality of the mix Yeah. And that type of yeah, stuff. The, yeah. Okay. The
2: separation wasn't there. The, you know, like we didn't have the money. Right. We didn't have the money. Right. So, I mean, like our, our album, when it came out, it was sonically correct because my dad was a musician. Right. But it lacked the creativity of the youth you know like a lot of the music that we that ezb was rapping over i was rapping over we didn't make it my dad created it right you know what okay. i'm saying and so he had a, a elder's ear right creating the music you know what i'm saying so that was kind of the downfall with us we didn't have the creative freedom to create our own music it was an experiment right basically. right like i said it's the second time around And had we did that we'd have been more into yeah. it and did more yeah, that's what chaos yeah. and
1: maestro was going through and those no nah, they
2: had creative uh to, freedom to, to
1: just do a second album that's what we as as fans like it was a second album with mm-hmm. y'all world War records mm-hmm. and raw dog records it yeah was, yeah it was like that one when, when dice did his second album mm-hmm it was like okay cool another one coming mm-hmm. up you know what I'm saying? He only had one album on our label though right but the one e took him yeah home, right yeah. you know neighborhood yeah. shit talker yeah like, yep. it was another one you know mm-hmm. you, we understood the the you know the development of it mm-hmm.
2: but just to keep it going it's yeah. like yeah yeah that was that was a major setback i know for us it was you know what i'm saying when when easy B got in trouble and we didn't ever put another second album out you know what i'm saying i know that was I mean,
1: as, as DJs saying, you and cast a Mind Stroke video, and we, <laughs> mm-hmm, you know, it was like, yes, you know, yeah, brotherhood, right? it was yeah, unity. Oh, we, we, was, know, we was going to have fun. We was, was, was having fun. Yeah. We, was,
2: we thought we was yeah. going, man, you right. know what I'm saying? And like I said, it's just a lot of factors. You know, like I said, my dad went out to L.A. and started working with Dre. Mm. And initially what was supposed to happen was he was supposed to make the connection so that for, for us back here. Right. But once he got out there, was everybody out there. was pulling for him. Yeah. Right. And the DJ Quicks. And yeah. Ice Cube and right. Dre. I and still Slope.
1: buy a World yeah. one T
0: t-shirt and a right. World yeah. Dog Records yeah. t-shirt. Yeah, but so. Michelle. So, we're, <laughs> we're so the reason I asked that question is because coming up as an MC or people putting out music, everybody had, like, some people was always blaming on the radio. Oh, they're mm-hmm. not playing our stuff. Mm-hmm. But like some artists never took accountability and say, are we not putting out radio quality records? Right. But now looking back on it, when mm-hmm. I listen back to like early Detroit hip hop and some of the artists that maybe came from like the South, right. Mm-hmm. Where you look at your masterpiece. I'm like, they quality wasn't that much right. better. Mm-hmm. Right? right. But right. they went out and grinded and hustled yeah. from state to state. Yep. and, I think there was something, the business side of it, a mm-hmm. lot of artists probably didn't That's get probably that true.
2: Then. I don't yep. think that was the case with us because right. we, we did all of those things, yeah, too. Yeah, we, My dad and my two uncles, they drove around the country and gave wow. away product in all the major neighborhoods. Wow. You know, like 5,000, like Caprini Green projects in Chicago, they gave about 5,000 copies just wow. there alone. Yeah. So yeah. my dad understood that right. that was, like, had to create a buzz. Right. So they were doing all of that. I think why we didn't blow up. Right. Eat me and ECB, uh, when we came out with the Untouchable album, was because we were right on the cusp of when NWA
0: yeah and
2: yeah. Two Live Crew came out. Right. And we ain't cussing on our stuff. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And my dad, he didn't allow it. You know what I'm saying? He right. was like, Y'all can't use no profanity. We was like, why? You know what, right. what I'm saying? We want to cuss. Right. He was like, We're an independent label. And we're not going to be able to um, walk in the door of the radio stations right. with that explicit uh, lyric uh point advisory, right. advisory sticker on that. We don't want that on there. We want to be able to walk in, tell them to play it. You right. know what I'm saying? That was his thinking back then. Right. But now, today, we talk about it. Me and my pop sit down and talk. He's like, Los, I was wrong. <laughs> I right. should have listened mm-hmm. to you. Right. You know what I'm saying? I should have let y'all have a little bit more creative freedom right and do what you wanted to do and um you know what i'm saying it, it might it, things might have turned out better right so
0: uh, well to his defense it was, it was still a lot of records that didn't have cussing on it up to that point mm-hmm. they were just they just kind of broke the mold at yeah. that time and everybody kind of followed suit afterwards yeah. so yeah yeah that's dope man i love hearing history man straight straight Yo. from the artist yeah thank
2: you yeah yeah, man. yeah. i mean i wish I wish things would have happened a little different, but everything happened for a reason. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm not regretful uh, that we not, we didn't blow up or nothing like that. Right. It's just, you, you think about it, you look at all of the factors and you say, man, I can see where it could have went a different way. Right. I can see it. I can see it. And, um, you know, but like I said, we were experimenting too, so. Right. Talk, talk yeah. about
1: uh, who, who was in your first video.
2: Who was in my first video? Man, I had a great Emmanuel, uh Stewart, the boxing trainer, Man. <laughs> and uh, Michael Moore, the boxer. You know what I'm saying? His hand That's is in cool. there, wrapped up, and all of that. We did, we did it at the Kronk <laughs> facility. You know. That's dope. Yeah, the song was called "Hit Me," mm. and I'm rapping on it, which is funny. <laughs> That's <laughs> dope. You
1: funny. still you rapping? Gonna chain on. <laughs> a little bit. I rap. When I, if I rap, I'm rapping about the Creator. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so,
2: yeah. you know, um, but I don't, I don't put a lot of time into lyrics like that uh, or nothing like because I never really wanted to be a rapper. I wanted to, I picked the DJ role because I really wanted to be in the background. Right. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I'm kind of camera shy, you know. Right. That ain't right. really my thing. Okay. Uh, and not a show off or nothing like that. Or right. Or I ain't got to, sh- you know, I'm not competitive, none of that. Yeah. So, I picked the DJ role because I, I, I like helping other, other people shine.
0: Right. You know? you yeah, and you do that, man. You be, yeah. I'll be seeing the shows, I'll be you like, man, you be That's holding good. it yeah, down. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Any any last words
2: for Detroit hip hop, man? Um, Just stay unified, man, and support each other, and quit being crabs in the barrel. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because I've seen that. I've seen that over the years. (laughs) Everybody like, I gotta be the first one to do this, and then when they get to
1: connect, they don't want to share them with nobody else. Burning rubber yeah. on each other. Right? Yep. And so, pay to
0: go to each other's shows, man. Yeah. Stop trying to get in for free, right. man. It's a yeah, including the days. So right. For sure. <laughs> <show>, for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's for what's up. All right. Thank you, DJ man, Lose, man. Thanks for coming no, Touchable
1: DJ Lose right here. Oh, bro. bro. Yep. Yeah. It's Funky Fresh in the Flesh podcast. Man, we're going we're gonna to make it to the <laughs> fucking Hoodwood. <laughs> <laughs> T.O.P. <laughs> that's what's up. <laughs>